secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Secret Art of Business. And today I have Kristen Harper, who is just doing amazing things right now with her company, Driven to Succeed. Kristen, I'm going to give you a complete opportunity to talk about Driven to Succeed, when you started it, and um, what you actually do for people. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, my good friend, Catherine. Uh, Driven to Succeed is an award-winning global market research and consulting firm. So in essence, we translate insights into so what and now what for Fortune 500 brands, for mid-market companies. And that includes everything from market research, whether that's focus groups, whether that's surveys, whether that's shop-alongs, to brainstorming, ideation, to concept development. And then the other division of our business, Kristen Harper and the Expert Collective, we really help people thrive with keynotes, with training opportunities, and executive facilitation. So those are the two divisions of our business, market research, and then consulting for professional development. I love that because I do think it's very necessary. And fun fact is that this podcast has gone global. So hopefully you can even get more business from that. But one thing I want you to definitely talk about is um, you could definitely put your money where your mouth is on this. And I want you to talk a little bit about your past because you worked in corporate, which I think is also really important for people. I always say, you know, learn on somebody else's dime, how to do things really well, and then start your own business. So tell us a little bit about, you know, where you worked before you led up to this. Sure. So I'm a classically trained brand manager. I got my start at Procter & Gamble and then moved to the Hershey Company and then was a global vice president of marketing at Cardinal Health. And so my background and experience is three fantastic companies, global, matrix in nature. uh, And that comes with a lot of complexity uh, working in global matrix organizations, but also to your point, Catherine, such a strong foundation as it relates to uh, general management, as it relates to business, and certainly as it relates to brands and marketing. So I've had the honor of leading global iconic brands, including Crest, Oral-B, Hershey's Kisses, and some lesser known household names within healthcare, but revered brands uh, among healthcare professionals. Similarly, my team has the same type of background. So leading global brands and actually walking a mile in our client shoes. That's part of our superpower is that we have been the client. And so that allows us to go deeper into uh, understanding our our existing and prospective clients. It also allows us, especially as it relates to market research, it allows us to not only uncover the insights, but then say, what should you do with this? And we we can make those recommendations because we've sat in their seat and can quickly understand their business and translate what we heard in the market research into recommendations that they should make and actions they should take to achieve their business objectives. 
Similarly, with our speaking and training, we know the nuances of leadership, of influence, of getting work done, of competing priorities in that corporate space. And that really gives us a unique vantage point when it comes to speaking, training, consulting, et cetera. So that's a little bit of our background. And I would say that that's one of our greatest differentiators and definitely a superpower. Yeah. And that's actually why I wanted you to mention that because you are completely legit with all the experience that you have, but then you decided to start a company. So what was the catalyst for you to start a company? Sure. I actually had a speaking engagement at a Fortune 100 company. And uh, I wanted to just technically, I wanted the contract to go through a business and not through me as a person. So that's what started the company literally five years ago this month. Oh my goodness. That was the only client I had. And I wasn't pursuing any clients because at the level where I was at and an executive level, there were only 300 or so VPs and above uh, in the company that I last worked in. And so I knew I couldn't serve two masters. And so when I did that keynote, I took a day of PTO. I made sure that there were no conflicts of interest because I had to keep my day job, right? Mm-hmm. But I took the leap of faith to leave corporate just over a year later. The impetus of starting my business full time was I was on my fifth boss in five years. Um, I realized that what the company needed was not aligned to my superpowers. I was good at leading cost-cutting initiatives and increasing the bottom line by millions of dollars, but I didn't find my joy there. My joy is in connecting the dots. My joy comes from innovation. It comes from creativity. It comes from discovery and problem-solving. And that level of expertise wasn't necessarily needed. Great company, amazing people that I'm still friends with to this day. There was just a misalignment between what my superpowers are and what brought me joy and what the company needed. And so after applying to some other roles, um, I didn't want to relocate. My husband suggested that, you know, I could commute back and forth. I really didn't want to do that. Nothing worked out. And he suggested, what about becoming an entrepreneur? And I said, would you support me? He said, yes. I said, okay, well, let's set a date. So I left in November of 2019 before I knew the word COVID, uh, (laughs) before the pandemic, without any customers and even a business plan. All I had was the support of my husband, crazy faith, and a book (laughs) manuscript. Um, And during the, the about a year to your a year and a half prior, the company had gone through the largest acquisition in company history. And so I know having gone through acquisitions before, there's just a lot of uncertainty that comes with that. And so I wanted to be sure to stay grounded, connected, and to control the little that I could control. So during that time, I wrote a book. And that was my way of having some semblance of control in a space and a time where where there were so many things that were uncertain. So I left also with a manuscript that I knew would be published uh, by a major publisher in 2020. So that's why I took the leap. And five years later, here we are. 
I really just love your story, Kristen, because there's so many things that people can take away from that. And like I kind of touched upon where, you know, you kind of get your education with another company because you said that you, you named the three things that you left your, this other company to start your own. Um, but really you did walk away with just the full edu- education of how to do this too. But, you know, you probably didn't, it's, it's that other part that people kind of get confused with as far as like, well, it's, it's actually starting a business more to it. And that's all true. But it's all just problem solving. What do you think about it? And if you know what the services or the goods are that you want to produce, that's literally probably like 80% of the battle right there. So I I love that you just said, all right, here we go. We're going to do this. (laughs) Absolutely. There are, though, Catherine, there's so many things that I had to learn as a business owner. One is that time just hits differently. I mean, there is never (laughs) enough time. And time is really the only non-renewable resource we have. So I decided very early on, I did not want to be a solopreneur. I did not leave corporate to work harder and longer and be more exhausted than I was before. And so the way to scale and the way to scale time is through a team. And so I decided that very quickly. And that was one of my first learnings is that time really is different And there are so many hats that you wear as a business owner. And so again, one of my key lessons was to hire people based on their expertise, um, because that would get the business faster to the destination faster than if I tried to learn it myself. I believe it's important to stay in your zone of genius, to Mm -hmm. stay in your area of your superpower, because you'll be more happy, you'll be more fulfilled, it will be faster to get the job done, and you'll, you'll close the day with more joy. I love it. You're, you're totally giving a class here on how to start a business, and I absolutely love it. Um, but with all the words you just said, the innovation, creative superpower, I need to know when you were little Kristen, what did you do that was fun or innovative or creative that you, know, you just thrived in? What was kind of your little superpower when you were younger? It's so funny. Um, so Chrissy was my nickname growing up. And so Aww. everybody probably <laughs> prior to high school or maybe middle school knows me as Chrissy, which is totally fine. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Suzanne Summers. Yeah, I, um, I was Kathy at one time too. So <laughs> now yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chrissy, what she did for creativity is funny. It was actually centered in business. So I um, taught piano starting from the age of 14. It was funny, but not funny. My piano teacher, I had taken lessons since the age of six. Both of my parents um, played the piano. Um, My mom also played the organ. So I came from a musical family and she called me and she said, I need you to come right over. So I rode my bike over to her home and she said, I'm 32 weeks pregnant. I just found out. Now, as an adult, as a kid, I'm like, that's crazy. As an adult, I'm like, that's even crazier. I won't tell you what her doctor thought she she had up until that point, but she was legitimately pregnant. And so she asked me to take over her teaching her piano students. And so I did that from the age of 14. So I found a lot of creativity through improvisation, through um, playing the piano, um, through not only sight reading, but also listening to music and then playing it by ear on the piano. So um, that is one thing I did for creativity. 
I don't know how creative this is or not, but I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. And um, there weren't a ton of kids uh, in my neighborhood. So I played with some kids, but I had to keep my mind occupied. And so I love playing cards. I love playing games. I'm so happy that there's so many more game shows on TV at night. I think it's important because it needs a, it lifts our spirits, right? It's been it's been a hard few years um, for us here in in the U.S. Um, but I used to play games with Kristen and Chrissy, and I think that built my strategic thinking um, as well as just kind of my competitive spirit and my drive to win. So oh, a lot love- of strategy is involved in board games and net games of all sorts. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So do you have the opportunity to do that now still? Do you still watch game shows and play board games and things like that? I do. I love watching game shows. Again, I've been so happy that they've been on prime time at night. Um, Even though I work for myself and I work for my business, I could watch game shows during the day. I think I've done that maybe three times in the past five years because I'm still very (laughs) regimented and very disciplined when it comes to, you know, my schedule and everything. But I love game shows. I love playing games. Um, And so, yeah, that's something I find great joy in. And now uh, doing that with my children, I taught them over Christmas how to play spades. So that was fun. Oh, (laughs) That comes in handy later in life for sure, because it feels like everybody's always, you know, starting a game of that, like at the, at the cookout or in college. I remember there was a lot of that in college when I was growing up. Yeah. Getting them ready. Well, you know, you have to, these are, these are important life skills. (laughs) They are, they are, they are. And it's fun because you can learn. I didn't realize it at the time. I thought my mom was just keeping me busy. Like even when we went on trips, there was a, I don't know if you've ever played car bingo. Oh, yeah. It had, yeah, it had, you know, different models of cars and the various colors. And she would keep my mind occupied with that and would travel Yahtzee. I thought she was just keeping me busy. And she was. But it was also building a lot of good skills around resilience and about oh, strategic yeah. thinking and about um, being present in the moment, et cetera. So I love games. I love it. All right. So let me ask this then. If you were given an opportunity to be on any game show, what would it be? Definitely The Price is Right. <laughs> nice. I would love The Price is Right. I love um, yes. Pressure Luck. Oh, that whammy is so oh, fun. Yes. Um, and I'd love to be on Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> I That's think funny game. enough, watching, watching those game shows, they're all kind of rooted in math, too. I think that built my interest in math as well and oh, yeah. precision. But yeah, those are some of my favorites. Oh yeah, I would definitely not discount a game show as far as you know being you know frivolous entertainment. There is a lot of well, not all of them, but there are a lot of educational things in the game shows where you you know you test your knowledge or you, you like you said you test your math or or things like that. And sometimes it's it's just luck. That's so funny that yeah. you picked that because you had mentioned, I haven't watched it in years, and but yet I still know exactly what two games you're talking about when you say press your luck and the, the shopping sweep. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Okay. So um, what are your plans going forward with your business? What are some of the things that you still would like to tackle? Yeah. So we are in the process of continuing to expand 
not only our services, but also the audiences that we serve. So I'm really excited because we've recently brought on two amazing researchers who both have PhDs in quantitative um, and research methods and mixed methods of research. So that is expanding our territory and the services that we can provide. I'm also um, excited about expanding into government work. The government is the largest um, employer organization that employs and hires vendors. And they do mostly surveys when it comes to research. So now that we have those capabilities on our team, we have the capacity and the capability to successfully expand into that space. And personally, I'm really excited because um, we are going to have our first in-person retreat with a group of uh, Driven to Succeed team members. So I am tremendously excited about that because each person has their respective superpower and together there's just nothing that beats being in person and being able to collaborate and brainstorm and, and work through challenges, not only um, for our clients, but you know, if there may be internal challenges that we want to figure out how to go from good to great and great to superb, et cetera. So that's what I'm really excited about. Um, and it will be centered around the same time we were just named, uh, given we're going to be awarded a milestone award by Conway Family Business Center. And so there will be Wonderful. a uh, celebration and luncheon. So the team will be, some of the part of the team will be able to attend that luncheon and then we'll have our in-person retreat. So I'm excited about what innovation and creativity um, can come out of that. Oh, that's that's all really, really exciting. And w- with that said, I want to at least give you a minute to talk about who uh, would be an ideal client for you. Sure. So ideal clients on the market research side include companies and organizations. It doesn't matter if it's products, if it's services, but what does matter is that it's focused on a brand. So our expertise is in um, managing Uh, providing insights to help brands really thrive. Um, Commodities, that's not our our focus. Our focus is really around differentiated brands. Uh, Industries of focus, consumer packaged goods, food and beverage, uh, financial services, and technology. Those are the industries where we have the greatest depth of experience on our team. Certainly market research can be done across any industry. So we're definitely open to other industries. Uh, And certainly I would say a client that's at 50 million or greater as far as revenue. Uh, Our our services aren't cheap based on our experiences and the types of, of work that we do, which is really primary market research. We're leading and curating custom design market research for our clients. On the Kristen Harper and the Expert Collective side, and by the way, I've scaled from a from a solopreneur to a team of over twenty five globally, um, and this includes several um, other business owners who are mission aligned with Driven to Succeed, but also have their own businesses doing speaking, training, consulting, etc. An ideal client for Kristen Harper and the Expert Collective. Um, And by the way, the team's expertise there includes leadership, emotional intelligence, employee engagement and resilience, uh, and diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as HR. 
So an ideal client there, it's a much broader range. So Mm -hmm. we work from large global Fortune 100 companies um, down to smaller organizations who really benefit from having an external perspective to inspire, motivate, and most importantly, um, help the teams to shift mindsets, sometimes shift behaviors toward achieving a specific outcome. So that's a much broader range. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I I did like how you kind of worked in there. You know, it's not the cheapest because people should realize that when you ask for the cheapest, you you know, you get the cheapest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pay for your experts, especially when you're outsourcing too, because that's the whole point of this is that, you know, I want, you want the expert to handle it. Um, so yes, yeah, so don't be afraid of, of those conversations. So I, I think that's fantastic too. Do you still yeah. have the opportunity to play the piano? I do. I just played it over the weekend. There was a song that was in my mind and that I had been listening to all week. And I said, I'd like to play this. Um, yeah. So I played some chords that just kind of struck my fancy. I love it. And I'm so jealous of that because that's one of the things that I always wanted to do, which I guess it's not too late, you know, when you think about it to learn how to play the piano. But I always like the idea of, you know, just getting the, uh, you know, the mood strikes and you just sit down and you just play, you know, there's just yeah. something so, I don't know, just lovely about that to just kind of express yourself in that way in just such a beautiful Very way. much so. It is a beautiful instrument. So, yeah. And it's not too late. It's going to take a little bit more diligence. My youngest piano student was four and my oldest piano student was 80. Um, oh, okay, and my mom oh, you've given me hope. You've given me hope. <laughs> <laughs> my mom told me when she go for Christmas and then get started. <laughs> you can do it. I will tell you that it takes a little more diligence and it definitely takes more practice, um, the older you are, because we, we get set in our ways. It's just human, but it's absolutely possible, Catherine. All right. All right. Like I said, you've inspired me to at least keep looking at this. Like it's, it's a one lingering thing that I've not kind of completed on my checklist. So I might have to actually make some effort to go ahead and do that. Um, Krista, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I think what your, your business is amazing for one and everything that you've been able to do in such a short period of time. But again, you were really armed with a lot of experience with big companies to kind of help you do this. And now you can help other people, which is really fantastic. So if people need you, all of your information will be listed when the podcast is posted so they can reach you. But I would definitely encourage you if you have issues in any of these areas that Kirsten has mentioned to give her a call. And again, it is driven to succeed. And I thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Catherine. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.